it is the first Sunday of this month where we're bringing you a chair shot podcast. That's not correct. We did one last week. Never mind. Um, <laughs> it's another Sunday in November where you're getting an episode of the chair shot podcast. <laughs> Uh, what is time anymore? I mean, really, what's what's any of it mean? Let's not pretend we all care or keep track. Um, it's it's Sunday, the eighth of November. We're here with another edition of the show, talking about our weeks, our lives, the entertainment we have indulged in, and uh, a bit of wrestling as well. Pretty it's, it's interesting wrestling stuff to chit chat about this week. I'm one of your hosts, and I am Barry. I'm joined as always by Joe Towner. Hello, and I'm joined, of course, by Paul Griffin. Hello. How are you boys doing this week? Um, I hope this show um, uh, goes off without a hitch because I've been having a very bad internet week, um, which is quite frustrating uh, when you when we all work from home and have to have good internet uh, and all that is quite frustrating, especially when like uh, from my job I have to like. Uh, log in through a what's the term they use it's not a proxy but a proxy is the term that's coming to my heads vpn vpn VPN, that's that's the word like so that uh, like automatically makes everything a little bit slower and then my internet which is quite expensive i get the most expensivest internet i could get because i was like because of course we moved in mid pandemic so i was like okay we're both working from home we both stream a lot of uh, visual entertainment. I download a lot of podcasts. You know, I download a lot of the video games. So it's like let's not let's not scrimp. Let's let's pay the big dollar for the good uh, the good internet. And it's been quite spotty. So that was very frustrating this week. Lots of turning it off and turning it back on. Um, so hopefully this show goes off without a hitch. Um, what about you, lads? What kind of week you having? Uh, what are you getting up to? It was quiet enough. Um, Michelle and I did go out yesterday. We went into into London just to mm. walk around, expecting it to be you know empty. Loads of fuckers around. Oh um, yeah, very yeah. few of them wearing masks. Well, I'd say half of them probably wearing masks. Mm. We, we were outside, but yeah, it was. It, I think it was a very um, kind of sunny, crisp autumn day. So everyone decided to go out for a walk by the the river. <laughs> so it was packed for bits of it, but then once we got more into town, it was it was very quiet. So that was okay. Um, yeah, so it was that, and then today, not not too much, just uh, kind of farting around the house, doing the usual usual stuff. So yeah, been been a quiet enough week. So not not nothing else really on the life guff uh, radar for for me, apart from of course watching CNN all week, mm. uh, following the results of the American election, which was interminable. Um, yeah, I don't know why they just. Uh, don't count the votes a bit quicker. Okay. Yes, uh, if I was if I was in Nevada, I would simply count them quicker. I, I don't know if they've tried that, but I, I, I would just do that. Um, Cause, yeah, because here at least, you know, the the votes are counted basically by the following morning. They're all done, and even by the middle of the night, you pretty much know who's going to win. Um, but over there, yeah, they they have too many too much shit going on. You know, just make it simple. Put an X in a box. That's what all you need, lads. But, um, yeah, that was interesting. And CNN, God, talk about unbearable news <laughs> coverage. Got adverts, adverts every two and a half minutes, <laughs> and just just people saying place names constantly. Rally, Charlotte, da, Durham, and of course, Rally and blah, Jacksonville. Blah. Um, yeah, so that that was that was a fun week. 
taking a step into American politics. Now to forget about it for four years. Yes, forever. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, and the other thing is that they don't seem to have... Well, first of all, all their opinion polls seemed terribly wrong again. For you know, four, four years later, it seemed like... I don't know who they are ringing to get these polls, but it seems like they're way off. Um, it, I think it, people in the street on the way to work, I think. I really, yeah, which is very difficult this year. Um, because <laughs> uh, obviously Biden won, but there was these predictions that it was going to be this trouncing and they were going to take all three branches of government and all, and it just did not happen at all. So I really don't know what they're doing because I like, I feel like our, like, I know for our last two referendums and also for our last general election, like they closed the polls at 10 o'clock and by. Mm-hmm. By half past ten, RTE or the Irish Times usually have an extremely accurate poll, like down to a percent. It's actually kind of crazy. Um, I'm sure the BBC are are, are much the same. And there's just none of that. There really is none of that um, with this. So it's just been a long uh, uh, week. But um, yeah, watch watch a little bit here and there as well. Um, uh, Checking, trying not to just sit there and stare at it, you know, but but checking in. there again. What about yourself, Paul? What have you been up to this week? Um, well, yeah, obviously the week, as you guys mentioned, has been election mania, mm-hmm. um, which, unlike WrestleMania, isn't only two nights long. <laughs> um, they felt similar in length, though, I will say that. Uh, it really got to the point where, you know, Natty was really into checking on the results and that, but I very quickly just got tired of the whole thing i hate american politics mm-hmm. uh with real passion um it's just so such a different way of life than what us uh civilized europeans are used to do you know <laughs> like there's so no like there's no class to any of it they're just it's mudslinging and name calling and the lamestream media this and trump this and biden oh i can't stand it i hate it like oh anyway sure ours are no better ours are just bigger egypts but there is i don't know like even with even with boris and the and the british um political system it's there's just like a a, a class to it and i'm not having to go with americans but the american politi- political system to me just comes off as very classless i don't know um mm-hmm. It's just so spiteful and so um, it's it's not even about politics. It's so not politics anymore that I, I yeah, can't yeah. Be It's mad. Anyway, I don't I don't talk about that topic for any longer because it's consumed my entire life. And I think everyone listening to this is probably the same. I mean, I think yeah. we, could, we we couldn't not talk about it, but at this stage, who has not OD'd on on election um, takes and and all yeah, of that? Yeah. But yeah, what else have you been up to? Uh, well, I've been up to the attic um, and got all my old power slams down. Oh yes, you mentioned these, yeah. Yeah, so we can do some. Uh, I won't do. I don't have one this week, but we can definitely do some power slam revisits over the next few weeks. Unfortunately, I made a very bold promise. I don't remember if it was actually on the air or or off after we were just chatting that I had a, a very old power slam. I can't find that one. Um, presumably. I took it out of the stack one time. I was like, oh, that's really old. I'll read that and then put it somewhere and it's just gone missing. I have no idea where it is. The oldest one that I have, which I'm sure now is is not going to seem that old given the... I think the one that I mentioned last week was from like the mid-98. I'm four years off that. This uh, is from March 2002, mm. uh, issue 92. 
which has uh, the headline on the on the front cover, and this is as deep as I'll go to this. Maybe this can be a little trail for next week. Uh, Triple H, is he ready for the NWO's games? <laughs> I don't think he was involved at all in that storyline at any no. point. No, I don't think so. Uh, um, literally, literally, Sean's in- involvement with Triple H was the beginning of the end of that of that faction even being named on television anymore because J- michaels was in the nwo before that famous feud with triple h yeah uh also in this magazine from the front page you have kurt henning back in the big time again not for long that did last long yeah uh kurt angle unbreakable unparkable um, Ric Flair walking an endless aisle, and <laughs> and in capital letters, XPW and Revival. So they are on that uh, ta- tag match way before anyone else was. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's issue ninety two of Power Slam magazine. On the back cover, you have an ad for uh, the Survivor Series two thousand and one, uh, available on DVD and VHS. Uh, as well as that year's uh, Rebellion UK pay-per-view. Yeah, the turnover of getting those shows out was surprisingly long. Yeah, it was always, and like I feel like I would see it advertised in those magazines a full two months before it would actually get to my, like my HMV. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, like I'm sure I didn't get Survivor Series 2001 until like the following summer or something. Uh, what I like as well is this is 2001. Remember, so we're not talking about the early 90s or anything. Mm. Uh, if you want to get further information about these uh, releases, how do you think you go about doing that? Is it a P.O. Box? Yeah, it's right to Department V, <laughs> P.O. Box 148, Enfield. Da, 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 da. Oh, I missed that. I wish we still had like little fellas sign rooms, getting posts from people and sending off uh, catalogs. Those were the good old days. Yeah, so I have a stack of those, probably about I don't know, between 150 and 200 nice. issues. Um, I'm sad, though, I can't find that old one, because I'm sure that would have been very funny. Uh, I remember it being like, the new section was right in the, you know, Monday Night War mania, and uh, I don't know where it is. I probably will never find that magazine again. I'll have to buy it on eBay or something. But um, yeah, issue 92 is the oldest one I have. I'm sure, Joe, you probably have older than that. Sorry, when, when was your first one? Uh, issue 92, March 2002. Oh, yeah. I start, the first one I bought was um, when Owen Hart um, died. So that would have been May 99 or June 99. Okay. So you might have to do a few segments yourself because yeah. I don't have those. Um, yeah, Nice to get them out. Uh, apart from that, in the week, we had a lovely big takeaway today. Mm. Uh, so I'm all big and fat now. Lovely. Um, nice, nice. Had a big quarter pounder and chippies. Um. Did I do much else in the week? Oh, also from the attic. This is a nice little gem here, right? Because you know that I'm a sucker for a video game guide. I love it. I love a good Prima. Often Prima is the company. Video game guide. I have a big guide here. Let me just see how many pages are in this thing. Um, a 368-page guide for the Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion. <laughs> on, uh, it covers PC and Xbox 360. Presumably not the PlayStation version that would later come out. But um, 
yeah, I had this. I had bought this because obviously I was really big into Oblivion when that came out on the 360, and it's a, a lovely big chunky uh, guide for that game. So if I ever go back to it, I might use that. Uh, so yeah, that was my week. Solid week. Um, I did have yesterday. Um, very much. I feel like we could have been really insufferable and and made a YouTube video out of this if ever we wanted to make a go of the uh, influencer game. But uh, myself and Brona did do a, a little stay-at-home bottomless brunch um, uh, where she, uh, she made French toast and we got croissants and berries and we made mimosas with uh, champers and, and orange juice. It was lovely. Um, did, did you fall into the mimosa at the end? Uh, I didn't, although I, I I was dribbling quite a lot of it. My, uh, I, I suited up and everything. I bought a new suit, which I think I mentioned on this show, um, for a wedding, uh, the wedding guest list obviously shrunk and shrunk and shrunk over the course of COVID and I didn't get to go. Um, and it was actually yesterday. Uh, so I threw it on and had my mimosas. It was great. It was actually a really lovely, um, um, thing. Uh, Cause I feel like I, I, my instinct always kind of rolled my eyes at that whole thing of, Oh, we're, we're, we're having a little, we're being a bit wacky here in the COVID times and we're doing this thing that we're not allowed to go, but it was nice. It was nice to do something and, you know, make a bit of an effort and it was, it was fun. Yeah. Um, uh, and my belly is still quite unsore because it's quite sore because we got through a great number of bottles of again very cheap prosecco. Natty was making um, Natty was making hot mojitos yesterday. Hot mojitos. Yeah. Were is they it, good? Yeah, she give me a thumbs up from the bed. Is it as in as in the the drink was high temperature or they were spicy? Yeah. Oh, okay. No. Oh, interesting. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was uh, that was the week there. Uh, we can probably jump in there to the old uh, telly guff. Um, I'll kick things off. So I started on a Monday with a little bit of CNN. Uh, halfway through the day. <laughs> oh, we're back to this. <laughs> no, no, no. I said <laughs> I actually have not watched. Uh, I don't think I've started any new telly this week. Um, no, I don't believe I did. I still haven't started Mandalorian. We need to finish. Um, we want to finish Lovecraft Country, which we're nearly done with, and Bly Manor before we start something new. So nothing new for me this week. What about you, lads? What are you watching? Uh, no, nothing new again here. So we we finished off season two of The West Wing. Mm. Um, probably the the best season. It's got oh, great moments, great episodes. I think it's probably the peak of the show. Um, I won't go into spoilers, but uh, I mean, if you never watched the West Wing, it's definitely definitely worth a go. And again, so so funny how quaint the politics is compared to kind of what we go through today. Like the sort of things they worry about. <laughs> you just it's actually one episode where the Surgeon General kind of hints that marijuana isn't actually that dangerous um, on a, like a radio show or something, and then it's a huge scandal that she wants to legalize weed and all this stuff, um, which is hilarious given that. Most states just voted to uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. marijuana. You know, in in twenty years, we've gone from it being like a you know political upset to uh, basically law, which is really interesting. And I think we should bloody well follow that over here. Am I all right, guys? You know, yeah, Europe. Let's bloody legalize it for God's sake. You know, um, yeah. So that that's really good. So we pause there and move back to a bit of Gilmore Girls. Um, so we're on. We just started season four which for me is when the show starts to decline a little bit. Um, mm. it's season four is when Rory kind of goes off to, to college. Um, and it, it just doesn't have the same 
same kind of um, kind of impact, you know, with with her being in a different location and, and the storylines. It's still pretty good. Four on season four or five are decent, but we're part, definitely past the peak of Gilmore Girls now. So um, yeah, I remember suffering through the last few seasons last year, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna keep watching that. Still, still good enough at this point. Uh, Paul, how you how you getting on with the Bill Moore Bells? <laughs> yeah, we started watching Gilmore Girls um, this week. We've only watched the first two episodes, so we're very early oh, in. Okay. Um, I really like it. Mm. I think uh, the characters are all very likable. Um, and having seen some of the uh, later moments of it, it's it's interesting how the first uh, few episodes like set things up for later. Mm. Um which was nice with yeah, Christopher showing up and all that later. Um, really, really enjoyed it. Um, one thing I will say, though, is I went to a, a private school myself, right? Mm. Oh, that's um, They don't all have uh, gargoyles and a fountain out the front. <laughs> um, no. uh, the school I went to, although private, was quite old and a, a bit run down. Um Albeit one, it had a lot of sports, um, you know, grounds. There was like mm. football pitches and uh, a golf course. Um, <laughs> golf course. But, oh, um, oh dear, dear. But the, the actual, the actual standard of the school was not what is presented in Gilmore Girls, where everyone no. is um, a genius and the teacher <laughs> is talking about. Uh, Proust and stuff. No. That is not the experience that I had when I went to private school. But, a, lot of, uh, a lot of private schools, they're just same as public schools, but with a bit more money. Yeah. Well, in a sense, a bit less money because private schools, are, although taking fees for attendance and all that, they, they also don't get any funding from the government. Yeah. So, I went to a private primary school, and I think the one memory I have is my mum always complaining they were constantly begging for money. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Also, I think, is it is it like a like an American thing? Because I think it's, we've, I know it mainly through TV. But yeah, it's it, like the curriculum isn't different over here. It's not like you go to a, a private school and they use a fancier textbook. Like, it's the same, more or less. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, like the standard of our, even our teachers, there were some teachers that the school I went to that were absolutely horrendous. Like, um, and, uh, in terms of funding, like we had like no arts and crafts supplies whatsoever. Um, very, very little. So unless you were directly interested in sports, which, you know, I was by no means, a, a division one collegiate athlete, you know, <laughs> um, it, it was more or less uh, a public school with uh, less good equipment. <laughs> so, um, I, but then I think, yeah, I think the also the perception of uh, American private schools are probably painted by the fact that they probably cost about 10 times mm -hmm. uh, what it cost me to go to my private school. So um, I'm not sure when I went to private school, the fees were even like four digits. Maybe they're in the very low so much. But um, from from the first two episodes of Gilmore Girls, it, it seems like we're in like mortgage territory. Um, for Rory to go to that school, uh, 
What's the name of school again? It's like Chilton. 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 Yes, 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 yes. But yeah, you know, when it comes to Gilmore Girls, the uh, the two leads are really likable, Rory or Lorelai and Lorelai. Um, the the grandmother, I know a woman who is exactly like her, mm. and so I can relate a lot to that. Um, who I work with. Um, yeah, and even all the kind of the, the tertiary characters are are memorable and likable in a kind of Simpsons way, even though maybe the you know the quantity isn't necessarily there. But there's around every quarter there's a new character who's who's likable and you have Michelle in the inn and Suki and uh all the rest of them. The the lad with the little hat who goes on to I think marry Suki. I don't know, I haven't got that far. Um but he he wears a little pork pie hat. He's quite nice. So whatever Jackson, I think is his name. Um yeah, really enjoy that show. Um moving on from Gilmore Girls, because uh, only two episodes in, I don't have that much to talk about. Um we're coming to the end of our RuPaul's drag race catch up. Um in the last twelve months or so, I'd say. Is that when we start we started watching? It was probably about a year ago. Um, we've we've now watched eighteen seasons of the show. Um, sorry, we've watched seventeen. We have one remaining, which is only eight episodes long. So probably we'll have it finished shortly enough. Um, but yeah, definitely a, a series that I've really enjoyed, and that has kind of been eye opening for me in a kind of appreciation of the difficulties that the LGBTQ community go through. You know. Mm. Um, even from the point of view of drag, like when I went into starting to watch the show, there was, and I don't mean necessarily in a in a bad way, but it's it's what the term for it is. And I'm not, I'm, don't worry, I'm not going to use like a slur or anything here. Uh-oh. But the drag race competition had a bit of a freak show element to it, right? In that some of these characters, cause we started watching quite quite late. Some of the characters are. Are like literally they're dressing as like a fish person, or some of them are dressing like a pinata, or like it's not so um, limited to a man dressing as a woman. But even that concept was quite alien to me because I've never been exposed to that world. But when you watch a show, you understand a lot more that look, these are just people, and it's just an expression, like an almost an artistic expression. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you dress as something as as. Um, when you think about it, something as uh, innocuous or as as unimportant as uh, <laughs> dressing up as a woman is is something that a lot of people kind of go and, and are kind of revolted by. It's so insignificant in in the amount of things that people can be defined by in this world. And um, yeah, you, you, there's every season there's stories about people who were shunned by their families because they were gay and. Um, there's people from obviously it's it's America Central, but there's people from uh, uh, Muslim backgrounds, and there's people from uh, there's one person who was like abandoned by their mother when they were young, and there's all these different stories about um, like human stories. Aside from the fact that they're they're drag queens or that they're gay, there's like human stories in there that make you appreciate that look like life is too short to be worried about. This is a man dressed as a woman, you know. They're people, and yeah. um, it's really, really a show that I, I enjoy a lot, and I'll be sad when uh, we have to wait for it actually to come out on TV to get new uh, Drag Race stories. And RuPaul is great. RuPaul's such a charismatic leader of the whole phenomenon. 
But um, you have other people in there who are really funny and really great as well. Ross Matthews, Michelle Visage. Uh, and then, of, of course, the various characters that show up on, on the competition itself. Um, so, yeah, we, we've only got All-Stars Season 3 remaining, and then we will be all caught up. And we have to wait for the new season to start probably early next year. Um, and that will give, now that that's finished, that will give us more time for Gilmore Girls, uh, Twin Peaks, which I'm still needing to finish off, The Soup, uh, Mandalorian. I still haven't watched the second episode of Mandalorian uh, yet, but... Um, I think that's all that we watched. Obviously, football. Natty is starting to get antsy about just the, the amount of football that gets consumed every week. I'm sure, I'm sure the novelty is going to start to wear off, and I, I'll really only be watching the United games every week. But like, um, just because we had that three months there during lockdown where there was no football, and then suddenly there was an explosion of like every match is on TV, it definitely went from like zero to sixty very quickly. Um, so yeah, I'm sure that's going to wear off, and we'll we'll spend a little bit more time uh, once the world, whenever that's going to happen, goes a little bit more back to normal. We can go on trips to you know the cinema or shopping or a walk down the canal or something. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's what I've been watching. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah, so uh, Joe, you just had Gilmore Girls with it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, we can uh, jump in to the game guff. Um, I wrapped up the uh, Walking Dead Saints and Sinners VR gimmick, uh, which is great, really, really cracking. Um, felt like the story was kind of slowly moving along at a kind of a, a kind of slow pace. And then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, time to do the final act now. Um, kind of a little bit out of nowhere. But good. Really enjoyed it. I, I sang its praises the last few weeks. Really, really tremendous. Uh, you know, um, I decided also this week to mess around with some of the game streaming things that I sort of just happened to have found myself with. I mentioned there a few weeks ago, I got three months of Stadia free, Um which I didn't want, but it was given to me. So I was like, okay, I'll try it out. Um, I bought one of those uh, clip gimmicks for the Xbox controller that you put your phone into. Um, so right. it's, it's, like little, it's almost like a little DS I have almost type thing. Uh, so I hooked that in, Bluetooth the controller to the phone, and I tried to fire up uh, Stadia. So I again, I have their, their pro membership thing for three months, which is kind of like PS Plus. You have access to a select... Uh, library of games it's about 12 games uh and you have that so long as you have the subscription uh and you unsubscribe you lose access to them that's that's the gimmick i tried to boot up celeste do you play celeste paul no okay well, it's like a a very twitchy very reaction time based platformer i was like all right this will be interesting let's give this a go uh wheel spinning on the screen wheel spinning on the screen two minutes i said okay this doesn't seem to be loading i quit out of it i went to play a different game uh, that caused the app to crash. I was like, okay, this is going good. Um, and then I fired it back up and I was again, and that's at that point, actually, it gave me just a straight up error message saying, hey, your internet's not fast enough. And I was like, okay, great. Uh, this was after I had fixed it from my, my woes I was having earlier in the week. So I was like, my internet should be okay. So then uh, I, I kind of actually forgot I had this, but then um, I've sung the praises of Game Pass quite a lot on, on the last few months of, of the show, the Xbox thing. Uh, so I got Game Pass Ultimate, which is for the console and the PC. But as a perk of that, they also have 
uh, you you get access to their beta of their streaming service, um, the Xbox service, and that's basically a selection of games that are already on Game Pass can be streamed on your phone, uh, similar to to a Stadia type thing. So again, pop the phone in the little clasp thingy. Uh, I picked Forza Horizon 4, I think, which is one of their shiny, sexy car games, um, uh, where I think that was actually set in Britain, I think. Uh, I booted it up, and it worked, and the picture quality was really good, and the latency was, like, not perfect to the degree that I'm like, this is this is how I'm going to play all my games now. It's 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 perfect. It wasn't perfect, but it was good enough that I was like, this is this is shockingly um uh, uh great um and i played a couple of races of that and i was like it looks great it's responsive there was little hitches and hiccups here and there uh it is a beta uh, and it is, again also i I'm, my internet is not it's 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 a bit iffy lately but i was very pleasantly surprised with it i was like this is actually really cool uh, and then i said okay let's try something a little less because uh, that's a racing game it's very fast and I was like, okay, the latency here is actually really impressive, but it's just kind of off enough that I don't think I would play 20 hours of a racing game uh, over over an internet connection. Uh, so I tried Spiritfarer, which I think I've talked about on the show before. It's a sort of like uh, Animal Crossing-esque um, uh, management game. And uh, I booted up, and again, that's because it's not as twitchy. It was actually great. It's a great way to play that game, and I was really impressed. If uh, I had been playing it, you know, normally, for lack of a better term, downloaded onto my laptop, and this cloud streaming version I was playing pulled my save from the PC version, and so I was able to pick up my progress and play it on my phone um, seamlessly. With like, there was like one uh, loading bar popped up, two seconds, and it said, "Hey, we have your save." Uh, so yeah actually really really impressive um uh so uh i am not going to start paying for any of these services i did try stadia again this morning i got it working it's it, it's same as xbox it's it's fine it, it, it runs well um but it's it's maybe not it's not the way to play a lot of games um but yeah i i am now curious to see where these services go in like the next five years um, when they come out of beta, when internet connections across the world ho- hopefully get better, you know, um, it's it's cool. It's cool. Um, uh, so I think if anyone is curious, I think if anyone is curious about this kind of stuff, I would certainly say you know get a trial of of Stadia or buy a month of Game Pass and just try it out. I think it's a fun novelty. Um, but yeah, I will not be cancelling my Xbox pre-orders is no longer needed. I can stream <laughs> games now. Uh, that will not that will not be my uh, my my MO. Also the like I know nobody really talks about Stadia anymore. I don't know Paul if you've if you've heard a peep about Stadia in the last um, basically immediately after it got launched. But it seems like it has like none of the features they said it was gonna have. I don't know if you watched their like um, their announcement press conference where they where they showed like uh, watching a trailer for Assassin's Creed on YouTube, and then you can just jump into where they are in the trailer in the game. Right. Um, they also uh, touted, kind of like you know Netflix or WWE Network has, you know, you can be playing the game on your phone, exit out of it, and then go to another device, your tablet or your Chromecast or whatever, and pick up your progress on that device. Uh, none of that shit is in there. I exited out of, once I got Stadia working, I played a level of Celeste. I was like, hey, this is cool, this is working. Let me, you know, I pressed the back button on my phone, let me get out of that app. 
I booted it back up and it, it starts fresh as if you had just restarted your PS4. Like it, it, it starts the game anew. I was like, where's all where's all the features you said this thing was going to have? It's it, the, the 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 only thing it really has is hey, we can stream games, isn't that neat? They they don't have any of the the bells and whistles that they touted early on. Um, uh, and also, it doesn't seem like, and this is true on, on, on Xbox as well, it kind of seemed like the early word on streaming was that, oh, we'll, we'll be running the fastest, best-looking versions of these games because you don't you don't have to have the PC. It's all on our side. But that's not the case. The, the games uh, look very middle of the road. They don't, they don't look like they're on the beefiest PC in the world. You know, it's... it's um, yeah, so it's all, all all that stuff is very work in progress, but it was cool. It was interesting. Um, if uh, if anyone else is curious about those and gives them a look, I, I'd be interested to hear what they say. But um, that's really it. I have not played any any new games properly um, uh, this week, uh, but next week I'll have uh, I'll have new Xbox related thoughts because that's that's been shipped out to me. So um, very excited for that on Tuesday. Yeah, sounds, that- sounds intriguing. This uh, mm. streaming video game concept. It's probably a bit too early. I think you're right. We're too early yet. But give it five years. And for someone like myself who doesn't really want to commit to buying an Xbox or a PlayStation because mm. I won't use it, if I could just, you know, subscribe to some kind of game streaming service, there's a possibility. You know, I'd, I'd probably be interested. So, um, yeah, interesting to see where that goes. Speaking of consoles, though, I did get back on the Switch this week Excellent. after a few weeks off. Mm. Um, so, chucked in uh super mario sun i didn't chuck it in it's down um (laughs) blew the dust out the cartridge and uh played the uh bit of super mario sunshine um nearly gave up on it twice in the first hour wow (laughs) i just found the whole you know the the water pack thing so annoying and the way it controls was just so frustrating i was like oh do i really want to sit and play you know 30 hours of this game or whatever how long it's going to take me um but i really i really want to save super mario galaxy until like christmas and, and have, have that be my christmas game mm. so i thought i'll persevere yeah. i'll persevere with sunshine and keep going with it and i did get over the hump like the initial kind of annoyance of, of the controls and everything and it does you know it doesn't have a lot of the same problems as mario 64 with a camera and all that kind of thing so it's a lot more playable um, but it's just kind of getting used to using this fucking jetpack like constantly, and it, obviously everything in, in the game is revolves around it, which kind of makes it not feel like a Mario game. Um, mm. And 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 also that the world of it as well, it's it's quite repetitive because it's all set on like an island and a beach and everything. A lot of the worlds kind of feel very similar, like it doesn't yes. have like Mario sixty four where you've got. Uh, you know, you go from sort of Mushroom Kingdom to Lava Land to Desert to Underwater, et cetera, et cetera. It's it's just on a fucking beach in every level. And then there's a roller coaster and stuff. But yeah, it's it's just not got that. It doesn't feel like a Mario game at all. Like you could take Mario out, stick in whoever, you know, bongo bingo or some bullshit and like you would not like how would you know the difference because it is pretty much not a mario game that having said that there are a few fun levels on it um you know there's a few satisfying kind of bits you do but yeah overall i'm not sure if i'll bother going for the 100 100 on it Um, i may just complete it we'll see i'll see i'll keep keep persevering with it see how how far i get but yeah, 
it's definitely of all of all the, the Mario games I've played this year, it's down there with uh, Super Mario uh, Two. Uh, that's the worst one. The NES, yeah, I, I I gave up on that after ten minutes. <laughs> Sunshine is definitely ahead of that. I may I may re- revisit that one as well. But yeah, yeah gonna... I mean that one is literally not a Mario game. Exactly. Um, yeah. So um... and then yeah, Mario Sunshine. I remember it was it was very rushed through uh, development. Yeah, uh, which is maybe why there's not that same variety to it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, just be tipping away on that for the next few few weeks. That's a shame because that's still on my to do list. Mm. Um, and I played a bit of it around my birthday. No, earlier than that, maybe. Mm. Um, maybe last year's birthday. And uh, yeah, I played the first level. I think I beat the first level, and then I moved on to other things so yeah it'll be you know maybe over christmas when i've beaten uh ghost of tsushima and uh other games that i'm playing i'll I'll finally sit down and dedicate time Mm. to uh to sunshine and then galaxy and then galaxy 2 hopefully which is the uh, one that i've not beaten uh of those um yeah i remember on the first level having a lot of difficulty with the camera Funny that you said that there was mm. that same difficulty because I remember there was there was a boss early on who's a, a piranha plant who like flies around the level. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I found it very difficult to keep him in my view because the camera doesn't like kind of going below your line of sight mm. to look up. And I found that very difficult. Um, yeah, it's not perfect by any means, but a, a big step up, obviously, from sixty four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how far into Sunshine are you out of interest? Uh, I've got about 20 shines, I think, so far. One-sixth of the way through the game. Mm. <laughs> you're going to get it all and see Luigi. <laughs> Ooh, what, what? Ooh, fucking Luigi. Mario. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm still on Ghost of Tsushima, of course. Yeah. I definitely... I, did, I didn't hit a wall, but... I definitely had the first feeling of, you know what? If this game just ended right now, I think that would be the perfect length for me. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like 22 hours in now, um, which, as you might recall, was about the length of Last of Us Two, Spider Man, uh, the Paper Mario games that I that I was playing. To me, 20 hours ish is more or less what I want from from a game these days. Um, I find that compared to games like Assassin's Creed, which I played for like 100 100 hours, um, Ghost of Tsushima's world doesn't quite have the same pick-up-and-play kind of variety to it. Um, There's things to do, but the things to do that you find are like fox dens or uh, bamboo Mm. shop chat. And they take like take like thirty seconds. So for the most part, I find myself wandering around a world that, although very very pretty, doesn't have kind of substantial things to do outside of the, you know, twenty or so um, enemy bases that you have to beat. Uh, so I cleared out the entire bottom third. What I, I, if it's one island? Do you know the way it's it's segmented into three parts? Right. I finished that first part. I've done all the enemy camps, all the question marks in that. Um, and I 
I I reached the the end, let's say, of the first act. So I'm in this into the second act now. Um, and yeah, I while I approached the game initially as a kind of Assassin's Creed slash The Witcher, go to all the question marks, do all the side quests, do all the main quests. I'm not sure for the rest of the game if I can keep that pace up because I've already, I, I think I said last week, I've already reached a point in the game where I'm so strong that I don't necessarily need to go to an enemy base and, you know, take off the archers who are on, on the high platforms and then sneak around and assess. I can just walk into the center and have people charge at me and I'll, I'll kill them all and maybe take a fifth of my damage off mm. if I get it, you know? So I, I, I'm at that point now where I'm like, is it worth doing side quests? Because what's the benefit of doing them unless they're directly linked to the character quests that were set up in the first act, you know? Yeah. So you sometimes go to like a, a little town and there'll be a person with a, a speech bubble who's like, um, I heard Mongols are attacking people down in this village. And you're like, okay, well, am I going to do that now? Am I going to run down and save them? Because I'll get a tiny amount of uh, XP to unlock a, a new thing I don't need. Or will I just do the main quest stuff and get the story done and move on to another game? Mm. Um, I don't know. I believe overall it ta- it's going to take about 40, 50 hours to, to like platinum the game. So since I'm 22 hours in already, should I just yeah. like, do it all for completion's sake? Or am I kind of waste my time a bit and, and move on more quickly to another game? Like I, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to be too negative because I do really, really enjoy the game. But I definitely had my first little like, okay, I've have played 20 hours of this game now. What else does it have to offer me in the following 20 hours aside from the story continuation? You know, um, that I'm not sure about. Mm. So, um, that's where I where I am with that. How far did you get into it, Barry? Before you, kind of, um, yeah, I think. Really not that far in terms of story progression because I got sidetracked a lot. Um, yeah. And I, I just really enjoyed kind of milling around the world and, and things like that. I did not, rec- you know, the, the first real major story thing is recruiting these various people to uh, take on Fort Canada, I, I believe it is. Uh, yeah, it's a very Mass Effect 2. Yeah, assemble yeah. the crew. I, I did not finish that. I think I had like one more of those to do um, before I was ready to, to kind of take on the Ford. But I had cleared an awful lot of side stuff along the way. So um, despite not making any massive progress, I, put, I think I put a solid 12-ish hours into it. Um, I am planning on taking a big uh, block of, of time off over Christmas. And, like, and I, I am going to be doing nothing other than playing games, so I imagine I will go back to that game and hopefully finish it over the Christmas break. Because um, I enjoyed it quite a lot. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I... Um, oh, what was I going to say? I uh, Yeah, one thing that I, I, I'm not a fan of about the game is that, like, it has a kind of Breath of the Wild, Path of the Hero thing, where the map is not unlocked in the sense of like Breath of the Wild or Assassin's Creed where you go to the tower and climb to the top and you press a button and you unlock a little bit of the map. It's 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 only uh, 
the the what's called the fog of war is lifted just by you know where you go in the in the game uh you you actually then will clear that area of the map the entire like bottom third by beating all the enemy bases in the area but you have to find the enemy bases and you don't know where they are so i found that by the time i got to the 24th base or whatever it is i had already cleared like 90 percent of the map so i didn't really get any benefit for for doing that for like uh, beating all the bases. I, I think there should be a, a better balance of either you have some signposting to where the enemy bases are so that you can clear them out and then get the benefit of, okay, now where's everything else that I haven't done yet? Um, but the only real way of, of doing that is either, like I did, explore basically the entire island and clear the map out by virtue of doing that already or like looking up a guide online. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure I have it in me again for the second or third areas to do a full, literally running up and down the island to clear out the map. Yeah. Um, I'll just look up a guide and say, okay, how many other guide? And I'll just put my pin roughly where they are and go there instead of exploring. Cause it is, it is a bit of a waste of time. Um, I also played a new game this week. I picked up Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition ah, on the Switch. The Zelda Miso game. Exactly. Um, so I was reading my Zelda book. You'll be surprised to hear. The book that talks about all the different Zelda games. And there's a chapter on like spin-offs. And they gave quite a positive review. Not a review, but essentially a review. Recommendation, of, yeah. A recommendation of Hyrule Warriors. Um, and I said, oh, that's interesting, because I was I was never really interested to play uh, Dynasty Warriors or any, any of those kind of games. No. But the way it talked about it really did catch my interest, where it was like, you know, it, it has references to many of the different games. Um, some of the levels in it are directly like a take, uh, a Dynasty Warriors take on a specific moment or a specific dungeon from like a prior game. So there's bits of like Ocarina of Time and Twilight Princess and there's unlockable characters and there's weapons and da da da. Um and also the the uh Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity is coming out soon, which is seems like it's kind of half a Dynasty Warriors game and half like a prequel to Breath of the Wild. Yeah. And I figured look, I'll give Hyrule Warriors a go and if I enjoy it, um maybe then I can dip my toe into Age of Calamity and I'll, I'll kind of get the the benefit of it being a prequel, but also that I enjoy those kind of games anyway. I wouldn't want to um, play Age of Calamity and not enjoy it, but kind of force my way through it because, well, it's linked to Breath of the Wild. Um, so I picked up Hyrule Warriors on Switch, and I'm actually really liking it. It's re- it's it kind of got middling reviews. What I've seen like on your IGNs of the world, now, I got like 7, 7.5s. Um, but it's a very different kind of game to anything I've played before in that it almost feels like um, like a Soul Calibur adventure game in a way. Um, like I had Soul Calibur 2 on the GameCube and even the kind of the, the menu system and the, the, the story to an extent outside of the actual fighting hundreds of enemies feels very Soul calibur in a way. Uh, everyone has real big swords as well, which also adds to that. <laughs> Um, it's interesting to play a Zelda game 
Zelda game in inverted commas a Zelda game where like the art style is really generic and kind of JRPG in, in a sense um but the music is good and the actual gameplay although I'm playing on easy mode initially uh just to kind of get used to it i probably will go back because i think the the main story is like 10 hours so i might go back and play through it on medium and then hard um but i do find it quite satisfying it's it's um you know you start level and you're in this big uh open open map uh and some of the areas are like gated off and you have to do certain achievements to open up the new areas and essentially make your way from one side level to the other um uh, you can control, I think you can play multiplayer, but in single player, you can control like two to three different characters depending on the level. And while you're not controlling the other characters, the CPU will control it and that character will be off doing whatever. And for certain um, uh, challenges in the level or certain um, achievements that you have to make, uh, the game will be like, switch to the other person, something's happening over there. <laughs> and so um, you'll be. Like essentially, the the game is like a battle. You'll be in a big battle with yeah. your, the Zelda enemies, and there'll be you know there's bosses throughout the levels as well that you'll come across. But it'll be you'll, you'll be Link, and you'll be uh, it'll be like oh there's uh, this this castle is being attacked. Go get it! And so you run over to the castle, and you start fighting bad guys, and then it will do uh, some other update where it's like oh there's you need to go get the great fairy now, and so you'll change to the other character so Link can continue defending the castle, and you'll be uh, Impa or Sheik or Zelda or someone, and you go over and do that other uh, other objective. And so, it, 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 while it's it's uh, at its core, it's just, you know, it's kind of like a, what's the, what, what was like the tapping cookie game on the phone, or the... Cookie clicker! Cookie clicker. <laughs> while, at times, <laughs> while at times a bit like that, where you're just hammering your attack button to like mow down waves upon waves of enemies. And actually there is some depth to the attacks because you have like different combos you can do to hit more waves. Uh, but while it's a little bit like that, there's also a bit of like spinning plates to it because there's different, there's a lot of stuff, different stuff happening on the map at once where it's like, uh, go, uh, there's a boss at the castle, but also there's enemies attacking this wall over here. And also you have to go to the ferry and get the bomb. And also this happened. So you're trying to manage all your characters at once while you're trying to uh, keep track of the different uh, objectives that are popping up. But um, uh, unlike the Mario 3D All-Stars, which Joe is playing, uh, Hyrule Warriors comes with like loads of extras. There's uh, illustrations, artworks, and galleries, and a music uh, thing like in Mario 3D All-Stars. You have a song list that you can listen to uh, on demand. And you have like 30 characters you can unlock. So it has a bit of like a Smash Bros edge to it as well. And different outfits for them and different weapons they can use. And there's skill trees for every character. And it's really, really in-depth um, for what, like I said, is a little bit of a cookie clicker game. But uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed it so far. I'm still, uh, I've played like the first four levels of 12 or so. Like I said, the main game itself is actually not very long. Um, there's a bit of slowdown. Uh in handheld mode when it's playing cutscenes, but actually in the game when you're fighting thousands of enemies, there's it's like perfectly fluid, um, whatever frame uh, rate it's at. There's no like slowdown at all that I've noticed. Only like I said, when there's a cutscene. Mm. Um, but I've started. I've started playing it now on the TV, so I want to see if there's any difference in docked mode than in handheld mode. Maybe there's a 
uh, it'll be a bit better performing. But no, it's it's definitely a fun game um, for someone with no Dynasty Warriors background at all. Um, I got into it very quickly. It's very accessible, and it, it is very Zelda-y in a very different way. In 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 a way where like um, you have. Uh, Jurassic Park 1 and 2 by Steven Spielberg and then someone else made Jurassic Park 3. And you're like, well, this is Jurassic Park, but it's all weird and there's different dinosaurs in it. It's a little bit like that. But uh, it is good. I'm de- I'm definitely, uh, it's definitely better than I had anticipated that it might be. So I'm very happy with it. Yeah, I, I know a few people who don't really care for the, the, the Dynasty Warriors stuff that like it. Um, so yeah, that's that's interesting. Well, that's understandable. Um, I think the Zelda hook is what makes it right. more yeah. prickle to be. Like Dynasty Warriors on its own, I don't have any <laughs> inkling to play. But if they released a, a, a Dynasty Warriors game in in a variety of franchises, you know, there might be a. I don't know. I, I obviously the Nintendo ones are the Nintendo ones, but what, what might be on PlayStation? Like I don't know. Uh, Crash Bandicoot, or I was going to say Last of Us, but that'd be that'd be a very interesting awesome. mashup. Yeah, but something like that, Uncharted, maybe that's something a bit more lighthearted. But that would be like an interesting mashup, you know. And maybe people would be have then the incentive to go play it. Um, but no, it's good. I like it. Uh, yeah, uh, that's our video games for this week. Uh, I'm very excited for the new video game consoles to hit. Um. Yeah, the they'll be out. Uh, actually, no, they won't both be out next week. The PlayStation is two a, a week and a bit away. Uh, but yeah, this time next week on the show, I'll have uh, some thoughts on the Xbox. But uh, probably, probably no blowaway revelations because there really isn't a game on it. Um, that's like here's here's the thing. Here's the Halo game. Here's the Gears of War. Um, there is there really is not one. Uh, and on the PlayStation side, it's like Miles Morales, but that's also on PS4, which is where I'll be playing it. But yeah, I'm interested to get it anyway and, and mess around with it and what have you. So yeah, that's Gamecock for this week. No movies this week? Did nobody watch any movies? No, I have put some to the side, though, that I, I, I specifically took them out of their meticulously alphabetized <laughs> little shelves that I have them in. Um, let me grab them over here. Right, so I have uh, Borat, the first one. Very nice. I want to watch it. I like the movie film. Yes. Uh, It's only 18 minutes, so I watch again before I watch the new one. (laughs) And I'm going to rewatch the first two World of Tomorrows before I watch the new one. Yeah. so I have them on a variety of media, so I will watch them uh, probably in the coming week. Cool. But no, this no movies. Yeah. There's no time for movies. It's election and nothing yeah, else. Yeah, nothing else. Yeah, I just checked my letterbox here. I did watch two movies. I rewatched Wayne's World. Wayne's World, mm-hmm. excellent. Uh, which I still loved, uh, but when I had not seen yeah. it before, I was outraged, disgusted by that. Um, so we watched it. Still great, you know. Still like, still genuinely funny in a lot of places. Um, uh, really enjoyed that. Great cast. I always forget about how great that cast. Rob Lowe and stuff is the heel. Mm. Uh, is it the first one or the second one with like Alice Cooper? In it? Alice Cooper's in this one. Yeah. 
That's my favorite one. Uh, talking about Minuake, which means the good land. He's he's great. Uh, and you know, of course, 1992 Tia Carrera. Hong Kong of the week. We haven't had Hong Kong of the week in in, in a while. Uh, uh, so loud, my headset fell off. So. <laughs> I miss Hong Kong of the week. That was that was a better segment than uh, explain and uh uh-huh and uh-huh, all that shit. Um, bring that back. We need to do Hong Kong of the week again. Yeah. Bring that back. Uh, I did. I did also watch for the first time. I hadn't seen this before. Uh, the Fifth Element, um, oh. which right. is which is a very weird film that I enjoyed but i didn't love it's weird uh uh and it's very loud and it's very out there but um, it was it was all right i enjoyed it um i thought it was i thought it was a bit weird that they had that the two main characters had a romance plot it felt like bruce willis's character i i don't know he felt creepy <laughs> and i think that's part of why i maybe didn't love it hmm yeah well it was, it was um directed by luke besson who's you know bit of a you know oh really (laughs) okay allegedly so um something yeah interesting but i thought i quite like that film it is very odd but something uninteresting about it i did i did i do just love kind of like that era of like 90s sci-fi um because it's still it's like splitting the difference between sort of uh, at the time bleeding edge cgi but also still really great craftsmanship of like uh, costume design and set design. It's a cool looking movie for sure. Um, like Chris Tucker's outfits are just like crazy. Um, and, and the world they, they make uh, um, looks, looks really cool. So yeah, that's, that's the, uh, an abridged movie got there this week. Um, uh, we will move on. No emails this week either. So we're probably going to uh, jump. We have a quiz allegedly. Yeah, we can, we can, before we get into the wrestling, we can do a quiz. We have a quiz! I have a quiz. Have Excellent. A quiz. Um, yeah, as so I had literally nothing else to talk about this week, I thought I'd put together a quiz. Uh, Very nice of you, Joe. Fill five minutes. Um, so this is the five-star match quiz. Um, so I have selected seven matches from the last decade that were rated five stars or more by Mr. David Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer. And I'm going to give you five clues to describe each match. And after each clue, you will both have one guess to try and get it. Okay. And the sooner you can get it, the more points you will get. So the clues I will give will be the location, so either the state or the country, uh, the match type or stipulation, uh, the date the match happened, the show it happened on, uh, and the winner of the match. Um, okay. So if you get it, if you guess correctly after location, you'll get five. After match type, four points. After date, three points. After show, two, and after winner, one point. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Okay, great. So decide who will guess first. I'm going to toss a coin. If one of you could guess, either heads or tails. Okay. Heads. Oh, Paul did. Heads. <laughs> Too slow. <laughs> it was heads, Paul. So you get to guess uh, first on the on the first. Okay. Page. Okay, so the first match. Okay, clue number one, the location. So the location was Japan. Oh, that could be an effort million of them. <laughs> Am I right, folks? 
That's quite a big location. Yes, I know. But that's why it's a hard... That's why it's five points, because it's very hard. Right. So Is you, there no no city in Japan, just Japan? Um, I've gone with Japan. I mean, it's all going to be... It's all going to be Tokyo, I'll be honest. So it doesn't... Right, okay. It doesn't really matter anymore. Um, I will guess um, the match was... Um, Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada. It's good, but it's not right. Uh, Barry? Um, I will say Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. He's done it! <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. <laughs> five, five points there to Barry. Oh, let me ask a quantifier now that I've already five points down. Yeah. Is this specifically matches that got five stars, or does it include matches that got over five no, stars? No, no. I did say at the beginning, Paul, if you do pay attention. I wasn't paying attention. I was looking at my feet. <laughs> I said uh, that have been rated five stars or more. Oh, okay. 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 Any, okay. The, any that got the big Thank you for the clarification. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. So, the, the other clues would have been match type was a no DQ singles match. Uh, the date was 4th of January 2014. Mm. Um, the show was New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestle Kingdom 12. And the winner was Mr. Kenny Omega. Um, so Barry gets the, the big five. And you get to guess first on the next uh, next match. Okay. okay. So match number two, location, is Louisiana. Louisiana. Okay. I don't want. I don't want to think aloud because I don't want to show my hand. Um, oh, I've no idea. Um, Ric Flair versus Terry Funk. I quit match. Just to remind you, I'm sure that was in the last ten years. Yeah, yeah, these are all from the last decade. Oh my bad. Just to, make it, just to make it easier, they're all from the last decade. Okay, so neither me nor Paul were listening during the the rules. Um, no, okay, I. Um, Louisiana in the last 10 years uh, I have no idea I have no idea Gonna pause. Okay, over to you Paul for a guess I know there's a Wrestlemania in Louisiana which one was that oh which Wrestlemania is in Louisiana god funny I knew something about wrestling that would be quite helpful right now um, where was Wrestlemania 30 was that in Louisiana I because I, I remember the stage had like a purple, yeah, purple stage because it was the kind of Mardi Gras theme. What year was that? It wasn't thirty, was it? No, thirty had the X XXX. It wasn't that one. There wasn't thirty one. Thirty two. No, all right. Thirty four. SMA thirty four. What good matches are SMA thirty four? What year is it? What, what WrestleMania was this year? <laughs> I have no idea. Um, was 34. What year is it? This was 36 this year? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 35, 36. Um, 34, 34. Um, ooh, maybe the... Was Ron Rousey debut on that one? Was that, I don't remember if that got five stars, though. I don't remember any other match on the show. I'll say it was the Ronda Rousey tag match. Who was it? Ronda Rousey and oh, someone. Uh, uh, Kurt Angle against Triple H, Triple H and Stephanie. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, my guess. I don't I have no idea. That is incorrect, Paul. So um, yeah. on, to, on to the next one. It's very your guess. Uh, the match type was a ladder match. Oh, 
Okay. Oh, um, oh, I don't know all the participants. This is going to... Oh, God. I think... I, I believe I know the one, but... I think I know it now. So. Oh, God. I'm not going to know all the the people. Will you... Will I'll, you accept, be... I'll accept half of the participants or more. Okay. You both uh, know what it is. <laughs> uh, it was the... I believe it was the inaugural NXT North American Championship match, and it was um, Lars Sullivan, Ricochet. Oh, I wish Modern WWE wasn't shit so I could remember who, the, <laughs> who was in these matches. Um, uh, Adam Cole? No, he wouldn't have been in it. No, he wouldn't have been in that. Um, motherfucker, who else was in that match? Oh, my God. Um Andrade, oh god! I I, I only remember Lars Sullivan because it was a joke that he got a five star match and Brian Danielson has. It. Yeah, we remember the worst person and the best person on it. Um, god, motherfucker. Um, wait, no, I, oh, I'm trying to remember who the first champion was. I will say Adam Cole. Adam Cole was in it. I'm fairly sure. Um, and. Uh, Keith Lee. I don't know. That's I. I, I, I can't. I'm. I'm going to give it to Barry because you did get three. three yeah. Participants, so you you knew the match essentially. Yeah. Um, it was yeah the six man uh, ladder match. Give me give me a point if I can get the other three people. <laughs> All right. If you can get the other three, that's fair. Get, that's fair. That's fair. You get one point. I I think it was. Um, EC three was definitely in it because he debuted. Yeah. I was saying. Oh time was yes. Um, I think Velveteen Dream was in it. Velveteen Dream. Oh, yeah. Adam, Adam Cole was in it, as you said. Who's yeah. the other person? Yeah, Ricochet as well. Yeah, and um, Ricochet, Lars. Lars Bolivan. Was it, and here's a pick out of left field, if if my memory serves me correctly, but it may well not, and if it doesn't, I'm going to look real fucking stupid right now. Was Killian Dane in it? It was Mr. Big Old Killian Dane. Wow. Oh. Correct. You're correct. Look at that. So um, that is four points to Mr. Mr. Barry and one point to Mr. Paul. So yeah. you're not completely out of it yet, Paul. I mean, just... 9-1. Uh, nine, 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 who, who am I, Ipswich Town or I'm something not, over here? If Biden can come back, so can you. Um, so in our, in our third match, Paul, you will be guessing that first. Okay. So the location of this match was Nevada. Nevada. Hmm. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, this might be an AW job then. Nevada, because I can't think of I like I what I should have done for the last question when I was stuck on Louisiana was, well, WrestleManias are shite, but they always do the NXT Takeover the day before, and they always have the name of the place. In it. Yeah, I I didn't get the Takeover thing until he said ladder match. I I did not even think yeah. about Takeover. But I, I can't think off the top of my head uh, take over Las Vegas. That doesn't sound right to me. Or if, if some random I, WWE don't get five star otherwise. So AW maybe five star Las Vegas. Okay, well, it's nothing recently, obviously. It would have to be like real early in the year. Maybe maybe the tag match would it be okay, my, I'll, I'll guess um, Young Bucks versus Adam Cole. Uh, not Adam Cole, he's not in AW. Adam Page and <laughs> And uh, an old Kenny Omega. Uh, no, that is incorrect. 
for um, okay. Barry, I guess. Is it Dustin Rhodes versus Cody? He's done it again. Five points to the muff. Oh, Paul, I think you gave you gave away a lot of clues there in your deliberations. Yeah, when when you said AEW, I was like, why does he think that? Oh wait, yeah, that one. Okay, yeah, I remember. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> damn it. Um, yeah, it's okay, maybe... I not give some clues. Clues away. Next, next clue would have been a singles match. It was twenty fifth of May, twenty nineteen. AEW double or nothing, and the winner was Cody. So, yeah. Mm. Barry, on yeah. that one. Um, so, on to our next match. Uh, Barry, you guess first. Mm. Um, so, this match, the location is California. Okay. Uh, this could be a... Oh, I'm not going to think out loud. Um, I will just... I will just, <laughs> I will just guess... Um, Keith Lee versus Donovan Dijak. That is incorrect. Okay. Paul, do you fancy okay. a, little, a little guess? He's, he's, he's going down the old NXT route. No, he's not. California. Uh, oh, he's not. He's old, old pro wrestling gorilla. Man. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know any of them fucking matches. They had, they, um, you had 10 million matches, and it's very annoying. Dave gave five stars to the wood, where halfway through they put on Space Jam jerseys and did comedy. But because he was there, he was the greatest <laughs> thing he ever saw. And so that one got five stars. Out of all the matches they've had, he gave that one five stars. Right. Anyway. Um, California. Well, if it is PWG, I'm not going to get it. Um I will just go to the old NXT well again because they probably did a show in California at some stage. Um, oh, they probably didn't actually. <laughs> I don't recall an, an NXT California. California, here we come. Um, okay, let me guess some PWG heads then. Uh, oh God. No, I don't know. Um, I'll say I'll just do an NXT one. Uh, I'll say Johnny Gargano and uh, Andrade. No, that is incorrect, Paul. So move, moving on to the date. The date was the third of September, twenty sixteen. Over to you, Barry. Oh. Uh, there's a match that. I'm trying to remember the participants. It's definitely a five-star match. Um, uh, it was the Young Bucks and yes, it was the Young Bucks and Adam Cole versus the Paul would never would have gotten this. This is this is this is this one's uh, my 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 wheelhouse uh, versus Osprey Ricochet. Oh, the third one is someone weird. It's not like... Um, uh, oh, uh, uh, Matt Seidel. Okay, is that your final answer? Yes. He's done it again. He's got it. I would never have got out. That is four points. Another four points to the very I lad. think that was the first one he gave five to of his, of his time going to PWG. Um, yeah. So, yeah, um, Barry currently leads eighteen points to one. So, uh, and the one point I only got a technicality. Yeah, so. uh, well, you know, but you got it. You know, you got it. 
Let's see if Paul can... Re- Thanks, Barry. I'm like Kenny Omega over here. You know, you got a point, buddy. You know, oh, you knew Killian Dane. Well done. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 3rd of September 2016, six-man tag match. It was um, Battle of Los Angeles 2016, night two. Mm. And it was Adam Cole and the Young Bucks, uh, who d- were defeated by Billy Ospreay, Ricochet, and Matt Seidel. Mm. Okay, the next match, uh, Paul, you're guessing first in this one. Um, right. The, the, the location, and to be honest, they get harder from here. I'm sorry. Oh, oh. <laughs> We've had the easy ones. Um, the location is Florida. Okay, this might be an NXT TV. How about uh, Mustache Mountain and uh, Unstudio Era tag match? No, that's incorrect. Barry? Good guess. That was good. That was going to be my guess. Because, um, uh, yeah, that was a five boy, I believe. Um, Florida. Uh, I'm trying to think. NXT TV. Five. I mean, it doesn't have to be that, but that's what my. I'm, I'm going with. I'm going with Paul's theory as well on that. Oh, I shouldn't have said out loud again. Yeah. Well, no, because I my my gut was to guess the exact match you guessed. I don't think there's been another f- five on. I'm also trying to think during this could also possibly be during the COVID era, but there hasn't there has not been five star matches in the COVID era. Um. Uh, no, I, I don't know. I have no guess. Okay, on to the next clue. Um, the date is the thirty first. Thirty first of March, twenty twelve. Wow, twenty twelve. Okay, so not NXT then, unless we're talking about your, <gasps> your Johnny Cur- Johnny Curtis versus uh, Michael McIlwaine oh. of the classics. Um, twenty twelve. I know this one. He knows it just by the fucking Florida, or was it, it was Florida, right? Florida, yeah. March 2012. Well, I, I love this match as well, so I think that that's that's yeah. Right, Barry loves it, so uh, right, I will guess um, Layla L versus <laughs> she never got her respect. Who else does Barry like? Um, fucking the Young Bucks. Oh, what a match! Layla versus the Young Bucks. It is not. Um, so Barry, do you want to do you want to have a guess? Uh, was it Michael Elgin versus Davy Richards? It was. Fuck off! Come on, oh. what is that? I've never even heard of them people. Who are they? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was uh, in Florida, um, March 2012. It was a singles match uh, for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Uh, showdown in the sun. Yeah. Uh, Davy Richards was the, the victor on that show. So uh, never mind, Paul. Next one. Next one. <laughs> That's made up. I don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so we've got two more to go. So the next one, uh, Barry guessing first. Okay, so the location was the United Kingdom. Um. Hmm. Uh, what what Brit what Brit match matches 
has has Dave given the the five or two? Um, I don't know if he's even given this match a rating, but just because it's, it, it's very recent, it's fresh in my brain. Uh, Ilya versus Walter, Ilya Dragunov versus Walter. Uh, no. Yeah, I need to watch that. I heard it's great. All right, I have two in my head. Okay. Do you want to give it? I don't know which one to go to. I'll go for. Well, one of them I know I think he gave five. The other I'm not sure that he did, but he probably did. So I'll, I'll go with the safer one. Mm-hmm. Like a Walter Tyler Bate. He's pulled it back. Oh, well, oh no, well, five, five points for the for the big boy. I, I was thinking Tyler and Pete for the other one. Yeah. I'm not sure if that got five though, but I, I really enjoyed both of them. So yeah, it was uh, United Kingdom, um thirty first of August twenty 20- 19 mm. match. Uh, NXT UK takeover Cardiff. Remember that? Nope. Nope. It was the same night as a AEW pay per view, I think. Um, I think I watched both of them actually that night. Yeah. And the winner was Walter. Uh, yeah. So that was it. And so into our final, our final match. Um, this one's so a Barry to guess for. Wait, Barry first. Mm, Paul first. No, Paul first. Oh, sorry, yeah, Paul first. So this was in Japan, and it, and it, oh. it was Tokyo, Japan. Okay, thank you. Just to clarify, it wasn't. Yeah. Somewhere else. Okay, so given that it's not the easy ones anymore, I'm guessing it's not going to be Omega versus Okada. I'm going to have to go deeper into the old make up a, a, a Japanese match in your head and hope it was a real match. <laughs> um. How about how about Shinsuke Nakamura and Kota Ibushi? How's that for a made-up match? Oh, that sounds good. I'd give that five stars. Uh, no, it was not that uh, imaginary match. That, that's a real match, and I'm so, I wouldn't be surprised if it did get five stars. Oh yeah, okay. Which uh, what date was that, Paul? That, that one? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yes, thank you, uh, Barry. Do you want a little guess? Um. Um. Uh, Taiji Shimori versus Hiromu Takahashi. Uh, <laughs> That's a hard one, right? No. Uh, on to the second clue. It happened on the 19th of July, 2019. <gasps> oh, that's recent enough that I might have seen it. <laughs> 19th of July. That would have been. 2019, that would have been last year. So that would have been G1, because I watched the G1 last year. Or, no, it would have been G1. I was going to say it, would have, it might have been that Super Juniors match, but that would have been earlier, I think. Why would it go G1 matches? Oh, God. Um, and also, I'm saying too much. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, you idiot. You're saying the quiet part loud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um... Fuck, I'm completely blanking what the last year's G1 was. Uh, God. (sighs) Who was even in the G1 last year? Mm, I'll say, oh, I don't think I got five, though. I don't know. Pass. Okay. Barry, do you want to guess? Uh, Shingo Takagi versus Will Ospreay. No. No? Oh, shit. I'm certain. 
Um, okay, so the match type was a singles match. That might not help that much, but no. Do you want another guess? <laughs> no. Um, I, I might as well throw out some some again softballs here because you never know. Yeah. You might hit. You watched. You watched the G one last year. I watched literally every show, every yeah. single match. But I don't remember. That's wrong. Um, who? I think it was the same situation as this year where one of the blocks is really good and one of them wasn't. <laughs> so we was in the good block. Um, oh, I'll, I don't know. Something like uh, Ibushi and Jay White. No, that's incorrect. Barry, do you want another, another guess? Um, Will Ospreay and Hiroshi Tanahashi. No, incorrect. Um, I'll give you the show. The show was New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax 29, Night 6. Night 6. Fucking hell. What could that even be? Um, okay, I'm trying to work out who, in my very dark recesses of my mind, who was A block and who was B block last year. <laughs> you are not going to be able to do that. No. Um... Ironically, the one coming to my mind is I think like Yano was B block. Mm. <laughs> I don't remember him having a five star match though. Mm. I think Moxley was B block. Who else in B block? Moxley Juice then, because Juice and Juice and Moxley had a good match, but I don't think it was five star. Yeah. Um. Who else was in that one? Juice. Archer. Ooh, Archer. Lance Archer had a good G1. I'll go uh, John Moxley, Lance Archer. No, that's incorrect. Ah. Barry, do you want a little, a little guess? Oh, like, yeah. They, they I can remember loads of really good matches, but I know for a fact they weren't given five stars. Like, Moxley and Ishii, I love, but it wasn't five stars. Um... Um. <laughs> oh, who the fuck was in that G one? Um. Shingo and Ishi. Uh, incorrect. Yeah. Incorrect. Incorrect. Um, so we have one more, one more clue left for you. The winner of this match was Mister Gian Moxley. Barry, Do you want to guess? Who did Moxley have? Well, Moxley had Juice. Juice. Moxley had Archer, which I named already. Ishi, which Barry said. I don't remember a Moxley Shingo match though. Who else did Moxley? Who was, I don't remember. He was obviously as Yano. Yano beat Moxley. Because um, he tied his leg to the other lad. That I remember. Um, I don't I don't remember who else was even in it. Um, no. Don't know. Don't know. Uh, juice, juice Moxley, I'll say. No, that's incorrect. Back to you, Barry. Okay, I, I don't I don't I didn't think this got five stars, but I'll, I'll take this anyway. John Moxley versus Ishii. 
Yeah, you're correct. Oh, wow. Oh, you bastard. I was discounting that because you said it didn't get five stars. You cheated me out of it. Yeah, that was really legitimate, legitimate confusion. I loved that match. I was. I, I remember... Yeah, I, that's... This is fraud. Fraud at the quiz. Oh. <laughs> Stop the count. Um, yeah, so that is it. The final tally is 23 points to Barry. It's six points to Paul. So, um... Yeah, you could have you could have got the five there, Paul. You should have ignored Barry's ramblings. Um, but yeah, good good showing by both. Thank you very much. Good quiz. Enjoy that. We might do another one of those on a different decade in a in a, in a little while. Yeah, once you've forgotten about it. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed that, and not just because I trounced Paul. <laughs> uh, I'm oh, sorry, I didn't watch that Ring of Honor match. Or right. I wouldn't be surprised if you did if we went back and listened to the show because it was the, it was the match of that you know first half of the year. Um, anyway, uh, let's chit chat about AE Dub Full Gear. Uh, I watched the whole show this morning. I brunched too hard last night, mm-hmm. passed out before it started. Um, I thought it was great. I thought it was a return to form after their last pay per view was not was not great. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. It was um, didn't feel anywhere near as long uh, as the last one. Although still, it was like three hours forty five minutes. Yeah, still too much, lads. Come on, I just just keep it to three hours. I don't want to watch anything longer than three hours. But um, yeah, overall, pretty good show. I don't think there was any one match for me that was like phenomenal but just all, all really good all really good um did anyone watch the pre-show i actually forgot to watch it i did how was the nwa match it was good mm. it was good um i it did it, like we kind of said about the show overall it wasn't phenomenal but it was good yeah i enjoyed it nice see different people on I mean, okay, Serena Deeb's been on a few times, but nice to see new faces on it. Yeah, I, I haven't seen the match. Alison Kay is like not like the most consistent wrestler ever, but when she has a great match, it's really great. She wrestled Thunder Rosa in like the 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 last big show for the NWA pre COVID, and it was it was fantastic. Um, so when she's in there with the right opponent, she's she's good. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say it was that good. But yeah, it was good. Uh, the main show kicked off with Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page in the final of the world title top contender tournament. Uh, strangely enough, they had Don Callis on 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 commentary for this match, yeah. and they they billed him as you know the the president of Impact or whatever title they gave him. Uh, mentioned Impact on air, very that was odd. Uh, brought him in because he has a history with Omega, but weird, weird thing, weird. Oh, like okay, he has history with Omega. Weird to bring him in just because of that. Yeah, I didn't really understand the point. He wasn't. He was in the countdown video, right, or something. Yeah, he was in that. Yeah, he was in the Jericho third year thing as well. I think. So I guess yeah. But I don't, maybe he, wasn't. he didn't add that much, really. Did he? I, I just yeah. no. He's, he's a fairly competent commentator. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, I thought the match was great. Yeah. Um, the feud has been okay. I, it's just classic Omega. I think it's just a little too cutesy. Um, uh, you know, I, I I was watching with with Brona, who really she really enjoyed the show, except 
she was quite upset at the main event. Um, but <laughs> and it was like trying to kind of like describe the Kenny thing as he was doing his entrance. I was like, oh, he used to be called the cleaner. Although even at the time, I didn't really get that either. Um, and I was basically, well, basically, he's just delusional. That's why he has the dancing girls. Um, but look, thankfully, as he always does, like when the when the match happened, it was all it was all good, all action. Um, and they worked it with a lot of intensity, I thought. Uh, yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, although where they've where they're going post the match, like as we saw later in the show after the Young Bucks match when Omega came down, and then Hangman was in the shadows again, I felt like we've we've regressed a bit here, rather than going forward. We're, we're spinning our mm. wheels here and go around circles because I thought we were going forward with the Omega. Okay, and you might say, well, Paul, this is a subtle... Duh, duh, duh. Okay. Omega's ostensibly heel now. The Young Bucks are, I guess, faces again after yeah. their horrendous run as heels. Um, so why are we going back to where we were like four months ago? There's been no kind of forward movement there. So that was that was a little bit like this is this is not good. But the match itself I thought was really great. Hangman Page especially is someone that uh listeners might recall around the start, maybe the first couple of months of AEW, I was kind of nonplussed on him where he was just like he's just cowboy man and he <laughs> comes out and has his okay matches. I think he's really come on in you know in leaps and bounds um in the last year. He's probably if we gave out a, a most improved uh, award at the end of the year, he might be he might be on mine. Um, right up there with Omega. That was really, really fantastic. Um, and I liked the I liked the finish where he it was almost like a little fight in itself to, to, to hit him with the, the one winged angel. Yeah. Um, and so it kind of surprised me when he when he hit him with it and, and it was the finish. I was like, oh, that was a nice little little thing where Hangman could have escaped and the match continued, but because Omega was able to fight and fight and fight and get it and hit him with it, they won the match. I really enjoyed that. Um, I just kind of I just appreciate the way AEW books. It's like in other companies, you might say, "Oh well, Hackman's a guy we we want to be a big deal, you know, down the line." So maybe Kanesha would hit him in the balls, or a video should play distracting Hangman. He's hypnotized by someone else's music. Um, <laughs> but it was just like, no, Kenny Omega is the guy winning the tournament, and presumably, I don't know if they'll hold out all the way to February. That's ages away, but he is he is having a title match at some point soon. And it's like, so he wins the match. That's how that's how booking should be done. Uh, yeah. The guy you're pushing right now wins all his matches, and there will be time down the line for Hangman. Same, same was true of the world title match that he lost to Jericho. It's like um, he doesn't have to win every match for his entire life. Um, you can push him when it comes time, but yeah. Uh, Orange Cassidy defeated John Silver. This got promoted from the buy-in onto the main show. Solid, uh, you know, sub-10-minute match, but it was a, a solid little back-and-forth uh, energetic match. Yeah. Yeah, fun little match. This is what Cassidy should be doing. This is what, this is what is good. He should be in this kind of match. This is more Cassidy's level. Yeah. There is a yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect, perfect placement for him. Yeah, I like that Silver tore his pockets out. <laughs> oh, that was great. And stuff in his mouth. <laughs> Silver's good. I like Silver. He's fun. Yeah. 
he's fun and he's definitely aware of his his own appeal mm. you know he's gone from kind of a nobody to uh an orange cassidy-esque kind of meme character very quickly um so it's not yeah good idea to put them together here um very very fun very silly um and yeah i don't want to I don't want to see Cassidy in in the 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 upper mid card anymore. I think AW is at its best when it has serious characters up there, and Cassidy is not that he's to be relegated back down to being a geek, but I think I think he he has a a a limit to how far his appeal can realistically or should realistically take him. And I think you know a spawn to pay for you absolutely. John Silver is is a wacky heel, so stick them together. That that'll do for me. Uh, up next, we got Darby Allen defeating Cody. Uh, to Cody Rhodes. Cody. Oh yes, is. sorry. They made the big, the big thing. Justin Roberts goes the American Nightmare. Cody. Ew, uh, I was I was surprised when he didn't go the American Nightmare, which he usually does. He, in fact, he was very he sounded very monotone. He's like, oh, the American Nightmare, Cody. <laughs> I always, I'm, I'm glad it turned out he was doing it as a swerve. But I always thought Cody's talking point about actually, I don't want to use the name. I always thought that was stupid. Of course, you want to use the name. <laughs> your whole life yeah. is that you, you know, fair play, Jay. Your whole thing is that you love your dad. You know, and his legacy. So, of course, you want to use the yeah. um, I, And even this week, even this week, he was saying, "Well, I only wanted to use Cody Rhodes for uh, stuff outside of wrestling. Uh, I like, I like being Cody in wrestling. Like, Come on, Cody Rhodes. You're Cody Rhodes. So we are. Uh, so it was, yeah, it was nice. And then they, oh, the 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 little um, lower third coming up after the announcement with the he, extremely long name, the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes. <laughs> yeah. That was great. Um, I thought the problem, though. Sorry, before you go on, the problem is that the commentators are so used to only calling him Cody that I, I felt like they didn't relish so much in calling him Cody Rhodes again. Yeah, Jr. Definitely had a few moments where he's like, "Cody Rhodes is 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 on the offense." You know, uh, he was good on this show, but I, I thought he was yeah, he caught himself a couple of times because obviously now they they need to make it a big deal. They need to say it. You know, um, I mean, I don't think they need to make it a big deal, but they. They're just used to not saying it. Yeah. You know, so they just, they just call him Cody the entire time. Cody, 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 Cody. Uh, but I'm happy. Got I thought the match was good, um, but I thought it was a little... I thought Cody, for a match where this was Darby's big crowning moment, I thought Cody ate him up a little bit. Mm, yeah. Uh, like, And I know kind of the point was that Cody was arrogant and... Um, you know, I did. I did like where he was doing push-ups, and Aaron Anderson was jumping up and down. Yeah, Aaron was great in this match during the moon salt as well. Aaron was like chastising Cody for being such a stubborn, like a show-offy dick. That was great, but I, I just feel like there was just these constant spots of, of Cody throwing him around and all this other stuff, and 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 then the fin the finish being a roll-up is really what kind of hit me as like ah, that's this is this is your your. Uh, this is Darby's white whale beating Cody. Do you know what I mean? Um, and it was the slip on the banana skin. It was slip on the banana skin. Yeah. And like 
Cody, like Cody got the big end. Like Darby's entrance was cool, but Cody came out as he always does with all his pyro, his massive entourage, the big reveal of his name. He's do he's working the match like it's the match. I was talking with this privately to someone. The match was like two thousand and one Triple H versus Jeff Hardy. Do you know what I mean? It was kind of like yeah, we kind of like this young guy, but when he is even if he wins the match, he's not getting a push necessarily because he's not actually on the other guy's level. Do you know what I mean? It was very kind of and then and then Cody did the whole game afterwards. He did the raise his hand and <laughs> um, and Team Taz came out and 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 beat up Darby, which was great. I thought that whole that whole thing was great. But Cody making the save and it's I don't know. I, it I, was I, a bit. It was a bit Sid vicious and Papa Shango versus <laughs> like Hogan and Warrior. You know, okay, Cody. Put him over properly. Um, yeah, but you know, his match was still good. These two work very well together, I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I love Taz. He's great. <laughs> Taz is always great. Just, uh, just leading into his weird, like the fact that he's just such a whiny little loser on Twitter as well. It's just like he's he's really, really he just he just comes out every week and he just whinges. He just whinges, but in a very compelling way. <laughs> he's good at he's good winger uh, Hikaru Shida defeated Nyla Rose in 14 minutes uh, solid I did not think I thought you know their no DQ match was better I think they I think they benefited yeah. a lot from having the uh, the gimmicks and I thought this one towards the end it seemed like it kind of fell apart there was a there was a lot of chatting going on there at that finish it seemed like they were, they were trying to piece things together yeah, I th- I thought it was quite good, but yeah, knock knock four minutes off this. That'd be fine. <laughs> ten, ten minutes would be plenty for this match, I think. Uh, yeah, in general, I think the yeah, I think he said at the top that these shows are a bit long. Trim a couple of minutes off this. They didn't need to kick out of of all the moves they kicked out of. Uh, cut the elite deletion entirely, maybe, uh, and get the show. Aww. and and get the and get the show down to a nice tight three hours. But uh, but this was solid. Uh, I think, even though I think she's great, I, I think I'm kind of ready to move on from Sheeta, though. Um, uh, we need um, Britt Baker to ascend to the title, I think. I yeah. Think get, that, get that done for Christmas. Uh, we got uh, the Young Bucks defeating FTR to uh, swap the championships over. Uh, the stipulation being that the Bucks, if they didn't win, they couldn't challenge ever again. I thought it would have been silly to have two people with that stip in the same company, so I'm glad they won. Um, and I thought the match was very good. As someone who has been very down on FTR and this build, I thought the match was quite, quite good. Uh, yeah, it was really good. Loved the um, Young Bucks using the kind of 90s or Attitude Era finishes <laughs> to the like 80s finishes that um, FTR usually use. That was a nice little uh, reversal of that. And uh, Yeah, and they didn't overdo it either. No, it wasn't like, mm, look, we're doing new moves. Better tag. And now I will do D'Lo Brown and Chaz's finisher from their tag team Lowdown, where they were uh, accompanied by Tiger Ali Singh that one time. Uh, and it works for the Young Bucks, because they actually are one of the greatest tag teams of the decade. <laughs> and, and all time. So when they do it, it's not them doing an impression of a better team. It's them, you know, playing homage. So that was cool. And I thought, yeah, the finish was fun with it. Coming off the boot and the kick and then uh, whichever one it was. I still can't tell them apart, but the one that did the springboard flip. 
no flips, just fists. But uh, he, yeah, fucked it up with the flip. I, lo- I love that him doing a springboard four fifty. Did it pretty well. It was pretty good. It's it, 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 it was Jeff jumping off the cage in that one Hardy Boys match in 2000, 2001, whatever that was. Mm. He couldn't help himself. He wanted to be a flipper. Um, yeah, I, I thought Revival had a great match. I thought they they genuinely. Um, I just don't know where this has been <laughs> since they came in, but they it was True. it was really enjoyable. Um, yeah, and that I thought it was the best match of the show for me. Uh, yeah, I, I think yeah. that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, like at one point early on, where one of the revivals speared one of the box off the apron, like the the speed at which he moved across the ring was just incredible. Yeah, um, yeah great stuff. Uh, again, this is the point in the match where we had or the show where we had Kenny come out and celebrate with them, and then Hangman watched like uh, Sting from the entranceway. Um, yeah. Uh, the Elite Deletion, Matt Hardy defeated Sammy Guevara. I watched 60 seconds of this and I was like, this is completely insufferable and I skipped ahead. <laughs> uh, I thought it was alright. It was okay. It definitely wasn't um, what the other deletions have been. It wasn't an entirely cinematic affair. Yeah. It started off that way with Matt in the like monster truck. Uh, but then it very quickly became Al Snow versus Hardcore Holly fighting in the river. Um, in that it was just a real time, not slickly shot or edited brawl. Yeah, um, and then towards the very end, it kind of went a little bit cinematic again. But it it wasn't, it wasn't what those matches have been in TNA and WWE. It was a little bit, I dare I say, it it maybe lacked a bit of the Jeremy Borash charm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Charm and slickness and uh, quality, yeah. seal of quality. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was fine. I'm a bit, bit bored of this, this kind of match now. And it was, it was fine. Gangrel showed up. That was funny. Gangrel showed up was very funny. And the hurricane going into the lake and coming out as a reporter. I was expecting like three count chain helms, but look, you can't. Not every day can be Christmas, otherwise you get sick of Christmas. Isn't that what it yeah. Is? Um, yeah, it got very violent towards the end. Um, I was a bit miffed that Matt winning ultimately. I think Sammy would have benefited more from it, but um, he had to be punished for all them times he nearly killed Matt Hardy. <laughs> I thought the finish was insanely violent for this level of match. I did see the finish, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, so that and then he put him in a bin to undermine the violence. Yeah, after braining him with a chair. <laughs> in the bin. <laughs> in the bin. Uh, then we got uh, MJF versus Chris Jericho. I, I know that they this was like probably this was probably fair to call this the second or third biggest match of the show. So, but I think I don't think they should be putting Jericho on this late for fifteen minutes. Um, because <laughs> no. he it killed the momentum. Of, well, I think the, the the deletion and then this it just because this wasn't much. Um, it was fine, but you know, um, I I I probably would have swapped this in the John Silver match, put this on nice and early, and then right. have have Silver and Cassidy out there to do a little uh, re- re- recovery segment after all the craziness before the main event. Um, yeah. Jericho just looked fat, to be honest. He's just big red face, and I feel like most of his matches, he can still deliver a really good match, but it's kind of less less often than 
the what's the phrase I'm looking for? <laughs> More often than not, he won't. Um, this was fine. He did what he needed to, but it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't a particularly good match. He benefits from smoke and mirrors, you know. Smoke and beers. Oh, I'm only, only smoking just smoking beers. beers. I also feel like he he doesn't want to accept that though. I was like yeah. when I was kind of describing him to to Bruno, I was like, he's like 51, and it's perfectly fine to be older and slower when you're 51. But like, he doesn't want that to be true, so he just wrestles like he's still Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the finish saw MJF try and cheat. But before he could, uh, Jericho got Floyd, and then MJF did an Eddie Guerrero fake-out spot. The referee didn't disqualify anyone, but then MJF got the roll-up with the tights. Um, and they shook hands afterwards, and it, and it was the whole deal was like Jericho was actually happy he lost because mm-hmm. it proved MJF had it. I, I feel like this is leading to a, a, a proper, proper uh, horseman beating where on TV this week they're going to be in the ring all celebrating, and then the entire the entire group is going to jump Jericho because he's washed. Um, yeah. yeah. And the rationale that, oh, we didn't want MJF in, but you couldn't keep him out, so we'd rather be with him type thing. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm interested to see where that goes. Um, so I, think, I think it's about time for a Jericho face turn anyway. Yeah, I think Jericho is, is for want of a better term, he's like mid-2000s Ric Flair. Yeah. Where he's of a similar age. And... <laughs> He he's reached that point where he's he's a wrestling legend. People just want to sing his song when he comes out and want to cheer him. And you know he they don't want to boo him anymore. So why not turn him face and have him? I I, I also I also think he's done everything on the on the heel side now. He's he's done Moxley, you know Omega, MJF, Cassidy, okay Cody. Let's move him. Like every, everybody wants to cheer Jericho. Everyone hates MJF, so have the MJF usurp him in the group. You can do like you said that Jericho's washed up, or MJF can buy him out, or you know whatever. Um, I think it's time for babyface Jericho. And while Jericho's babyface in latter years has kind of struggled in in WWE anyway, um, I'd be interested to see what a a, a full creative control babyface Jericho looks like in twenty twenty. Mm. Mm. Yeah, like he can just essentially be the same character, and people Very are gonna much, love it. You know? yeah. Um, yeah, so there'll be a follow up there on Wednesday, I'd imagine. And then in the main event, uh, John Moxley defeated Eddie Kingston um, in just under nineteen minutes in a very brutal I Quit match. Um, yeah, they they kind of did the exact match you would almost you probably would have predicted they had, which was they they brawled, they shit talked. They went outside the ring briefly, the impact of the ring, and then they they basically took turns getting the gimmicks out. Uh, barbed wire bat, a, barbed, a string of barbed wire, thumbtack chairs. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, what I loved about this match was that again, this is the type of thing that you know, like it was probably a big deal for Tony Khan. It was to it, it was old school, and it was effectively the, the, it was worked like a no disqualification uh, submission match. Uh, where it was more just about trying to get a verbal like quit out of the guy, not a, an endless. There was no microphone actually, which was the the, the big positive. Yeah, and we didn't have the ref all over it. Yeah, n- didn't have the ref all over. It, didn't have uh, you know a live mic. It was literally just Remsburg just asking the guys if they quit, um, and they went held for leather. Uh, and it's it was great because so often um, in, in in these matches, it's like they. 
the, 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 it's really been overdone, the finish, where a guy threatens to use a weapon and the other guy quits to protect himself. Whereas this one, like, the finish was really fantastic. Moxley wraps his arm in barbed wire. Um, does the bully choke to Kingston and it was so great like because the commentator did a good job of explaining the history of these two guys and even Bryce Remsburg and like Kingston there with, like his mouth bloody and tears in his eyes and Remsburg telling him come on it's over it's over just give up and he he, he gives the most defeated I quit imaginable oh it was a fantastic finish agreed I have nothing else to say about it. Uh, it was it was great. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um... Oh, I one one thing. I thought I caught on early that on the if you're looking at the stage on the very left hand side, it looked like they had a big crash pad set up below, kind of like a maybe a, fi- a fifteen foot drop. And I was like, oh, I'm real smart. I've caught on that that's going to be used in the main event, uh, and then it wasn't. So. Maybe it wasn't even a crash pad. I don't know. It looked like it was, mm. but maybe it wasn't. Um, yeah, so Omega came out, gestured that he didn't want any part of all that shit in the ring, because I guess those two have already done that. Um, yes. Uh, Kingston didn't want any part of, of Moxie at the end, so so who knows where that feud will go. But yeah, good end to a good show. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, they announced... They announced Revolution for February. They did not say anything about the location, so I wonder if they're hoping they can do it somewhere else. Um, uh, which is wishful thinking, but they, you know, gotta gotta hope, I guess. Yeah. Uh, they also mentioned that there's an AEW Games announcement this week. Yes, on Tuesday, uh, new console day, in fact. Uh, Interesting to see what that turns out to be. Yeah, um, Tony Khan said on the Full Gear Media call. I don't think this is new necessarily, but I, but he just said it. He's like, we they have a console wrestling game in the works, and they have a a wrestling manager game in the works, which I think might be a phone game. Um, so yeah, hopefully, I mean, it'd be cool if on Tuesday there was both of those were formally announced. That'd be neat. Um, mm. But yeah, I think it's six p.m. Uh, Eastern time or something like that. I think it's around the time like Raw would start. On, on, um, yeah, but we'll, I'm interested to see what it is. I, I would love if there was a new good wrestling game out there, but uh, we'll see. Um, yeah, uh, and that was it for AEW. Uh, Paul, did you have any New Japan updates? Uh, yeah, I didn't only watch AEW uh, yesterday. I did a, I did a, God, it must have been like a 20 one hour day where I got up at 8 a.m. to watch New Japan. Was it Power Struggle was the name? I don't remember what the name it was. Something like that. Uh, and then stayed up until 5 in the morning watching uh, Full Gear last night. So I had a very long day. Um, the New Japan show was good. Um, I would say it wasn't it wasn't blow away. Uh, so it had six matches only on it. Which is uh, it was much shorter than Full Gear. Six matches. One of them was a, a Yano match with Zack Saber that went about ten minutes. Uh, Zack Saber won that King of Pro Wrestling award oh, that they have that thingy, yeah. in the belt. But is yeah, and that they choose. Uh, it was very funny though. They did a no turnbuckle pad match. That was a stipulation. So of course, you know Yano takes the turnbuckles off. So he was putting the turnbuckle pad on instead. It was it was. Oh, subverted all the expectations. It was very good. It was the last Jedi of <laughs> New Japan. Um, 
Then you had Shins- uh, Shinsuke. <laughs> the surprise turn of Shinsuke and Nakamura to New Japan. Mm. No, you had uh, Minoru Suzuki against Shingo for the never open weight belt. So they had a really good match uh, earlier this year. This wasn't that level. It was very good, but again, it wasn't phenomenal to use that term again. Um, then you had uh, the great O'Karn, who's Will Ospreay's new buddy against Okada. That was kind of a nothing, nothing match. Yeah. Uh, Kenta Tanahashi was good, but was two lads who were a bit past it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then in the big surprise, Jay White beat Kota Ibushi for the the Wrestle Kingdom title shot, um, which now seems like they're doing. Because they're doing New Japan Wrestle Kingdom two nights, they're doing first night Naito against Ibushi, and then the winner against JY on the second night. It looks like that's the way they're gonna go. Uh, and then in the main event, uh, sit down for this one, folks. Naito and Evil had another forty oh, minute. Oh God! It bored the arse off me again, again, again. Yeah. So yeah, I'm never watching another fucking Naito Evil match. I'm done. Those guys are not that good. <laughs> they are not that good. There was about uh, 500 run-ins at the end. So no, oh, no. Sonata come out dressed in like, or was that in the Jay White match? Might have been the Jay White match. I don't know. There was one match that had like 100 run-ins. Sonata come out dressed in all white like a fucking guardian angel or something. Um, but yeah, it was it was all right. There was a, a lot of like title change and stuff that made it feel important, but the matches themselves weren't blow away. So yeah, that's my new Japan update. I only watch the big shows. I'm like Hogan. I, I don't do the small towns, brother. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, it seems like that's a very sensible thing to do with uh, New Japan these days. Yeah, it seems like there's no big shows now until Wrestle Kingdom. They're doing the Tag League and the Super Juniors. Oh, my, by the way, the, the, the lineup for Super Juniors, best Super Juniors this year is pathetic. <laughs> Give that entire thing a miss unless you enjoy watching uh, modern high flying super juniors like Taguchi and Master Watto. Yeah. And uh, Kanemaru, or whatever his name is. No, there's not a lot. Uh, it's not exactly Shingo against Osprey this year. No, I like the look of that, that one night tournament they're doing. The Super J Cup looks all right. Um, it looks, yeah, that looks a hundred times better than. <laughs> Neo Rush, ACH, Chris, Chris Bay. Bay. Um, yeah, good lineup on that one. Uh, yeah, Don Callis, Impact making moves these days, it seems, getting back in everyone's good graces. Uh, yeah. It seemed like the TNA New Japan thing was dead, dead, dead. Like they, they was the salted earth, but um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, so I, I, I might check that out if and when it's uh, uh, it's happening. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I suppose that's it for, for this week's show. We'll be back next week there to talk about Dynamite. I'm interested to see what the follow-up is to uh, uh, the uh, the pay-per-view. Uh, we will have uh, we'll have um, uh, Xbox Series S review. I'll unbox this for you all. Um, and yeah, the, other, the all the usual fun and games uh, from three people who are not allowed to leave the house. So... Um, with all and don't said, watch movies. And, don't, and I can't be arsed watching movies anymore either. Uh, so with all that said, uh, thanks very much for listening. It's farewell from me, Barry. It's goodbye from Paul. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from Mr. Joe Towner. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>